0: Silly season has begun. We got a couple of trades to break down around the NHL from the weekend. Is Brad Trilliving close to making a deal as well? And I've got my top five Leafs draft targets for the upcoming NHL draft. All that more coming up on the Lockdown Least podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, along with my co-host, Dave Morisuti. Busy weekend in the NHL, Dave. Silly season is here. We've got trades coming out the wazoo. We've got a couple that have actually gone through. We've got some, you know, three or so that are being reported and haven't quite gone through yet, some complications. We'll talk about all of those today. And uh, where's Brad at? You know, the Maple Leafs are not in any of these deals. What's going on? You got Rijo getting shipped out to Colorado for Galchenyuk for $4 million AAV. Where the heck, where the heck Brad at on that one? Come on. So, we'll talk a little bit about if the Maple Leafs can get themselves involved in the trade market as well. And I've got my top five, top five draft targets for the Maple Leafs. They sit at 28th overall. I've got five players who I think uh, would be worthy enough of that 28th selection if they stick and pick, which we'll also debate a little bit later on today. But why don't we start it with the big news that's been going around the NHL, a couple of trades that have officially uh, been completed. And uh, we'll start with the first one that kind of started the party, I guess, and that's with Brian Johansson going to Colorado for Alex Galchenyuk, the Predators retaining 50% of Johansson's contract. So, uh, for this year and next Ryjo, a Colorado Avalanche for just four million dollars worth of cap space uh they got themselves their their number two center I would say behind Nate mcKinnon that uh to fill that old void that's been left by Nazem kadri
1: yeah I mean I was just I was like looking and I, it's one of those trades where you look and you're looking are just like all right for all it's called Chenyuk and Oh, just Alex Galchenyuk, like
0: just pure uh, cap dump, just a pure cap yeah. dump, and uh, but the fact that they were able to also get him at fifty percent though, like yeah. that is honestly a trade that I don't know. Like lots of teams could have used a Ryan Johansson. I don't believe he had any trade protection or anything like that no. because Nashville uh, wait, just doesn't. No, I think in he that. did
1: have trade protection. I think he had a modified. No, trade clause. I'm not going to do it. Was he a oh, no, first player. Player. You, did not. you were right. He did not have any protection.
0: Yeah, like Nashville don't don't play that way. Like Nashville just doesn't. They don't play those games. I think maybe Duchesne got one, and uh, I think maybe eventually they started to give out a couple. But for a long time, they just didn't. They didn't hand out any type of trade protection so that they couldn't handcuff themselves. And uh, so they needed to get some, some money off the books, and they do that by moving out Ryan Johansson to Colorado. Look, that's a hell of a pickup, man, for, for, for that team to bring in Ryan Johansson. I know that last year didn't quite have the you know a banner season, but the season prior, like he was terrific, you know, like 30 goal score, multi-time 30 goal score. He's a terrific two-way guy, and he's just gonna fit in so perfectly, slot in as their number two center behind Nate McKinnon. That was a, a shrewd move by Colorado to kind of snoop around and see what they could do. And I, I am a little jealous that uh, Brad Trilliving didn't snoop and, and maybe give give a little better than a Galchenyuk return. Like I would have been willing to give up an asset if I was the Maple Leafs to get Rijo as the second line center at four million bucks for this year and next would have been a a terrific pickup for the Maple Leafs and weird too interdivisional trade as well. You don't typically see those type of transactions, um, but hey. Ryan Johansson's now Colorado Avalanche and uh the Preds have a lot more cap space to do, I don't know what with. Probably gonna read. Like, what does this say about the the predators to you? Like they traded Granlin at the deadline, they trade away Ryan Johansson, uh was Nino Niederreiter with them also yep. last year? Trade him to the Jets. Trade into the Jets. Like, do you think this is it? There's there's rumors out there that potentially um uc sorrows could be had they're listening on uc sorrows like are they just going to go in a, a bit of a retool rebuild here with barry Trotz taking over
1: i think so i think you know like they've been they've been spinning in the mud a little bit here the last few years like they haven't progressed i i would say as a as a team like ely tolvan in situation that was just a terrible terrible mismanagement of that place the gone waivers re-resurrects his career with seattle Um they used to be like the factory for defensemen, right? They could tra- they could draft whichever defenseman they wanted. That per- player was going to just go through the ranks, take their time and be a bonafide stud NHL D man. They they really haven't done that either. And I think up front like they still have the same problem where they just don't have other than Forsberg. Like they don't have that elite production up front. So I think I think this is just, you know, a, a bit of a cleanse. But in a way that they don't want to take too many steps back, right? Like Nashville doesn't seem to me like a team that wants to do a full rebuild because when you have Roman Yosi signed to that sort of deal, you have Forsberg signed, you can't do that, right? Shane, Shane's there as well. Like I think they're going to try to go the route of like the LA Kings or the, or the Rangers, kind of see like kind of weave through what they don't want to keep around, see if they can move that off, and kind of replenish replenish a little bit.
0: Well, perfect transition because the LA Kings also struck a deal over the weekend. Sean Dersey, former Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick, traded to the Arizona Coyotes for a 2024 second round pick. What'd you make of this deal, Dave? Uh,
1: I mean, it was a shrewd move by Arizona, right? To kind of swoop in there and and use their draft capital. They've been stockpiling all these picks.
0: Yeah. You'll finally, you know, trade for a player that will play for them, not one oh, that's oh. Just on LTIR.
1: Right, because you know, I mean, it's it's bad enough that they have the LTIR team of the century, right? That oh, they are actually getting players that will play in the NHL next year. Um, yeah, that was um like obviously you, you can't hate on Arizona for what they picked up because that they basically flipped Christian Dvorak into Sean Derzy. It's not that bad management of assets there. Like that's the thing they can make those sort of deals, but they got
0: well, they, just... a, a first round pick out of that too. It's like a first round pick and Sean Dursey. because that pick for Dvorak I think was like a first rounder and something else. Yeah, it
1: was a 2022 1st round pick plus the uh, I think it was the first. I think it was a conditional pick. I think that's
0: third or something like that.
1: Yeah, and then I think it turned, I think, I think it, yeah, it changed into a different pick after the fact, but, um, or it was a first and a second. I think that's what the deal ended up being a first and a second. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good way to flip things around because, like, if you're Arizona, you can draft a bunch of players. But again, if you have the draft capital, especially when you have multiple picks in the early rounds, Trade one of those to get someone that's a little more, you know, ahead, right? That's what, you know, Ottawa tried to do when they did the Brinket trade, but I think they just, as a team, were not ready for that t- sort of trade. At least is a younger player. He's under, I think he has one more year left on his deal, but he's still an RFA after that. So it's something that they can build with going forward.
0: And they need players who they have under club control, because I don't know if they're going to be able to attract a whole lot of, uh, ufas out to mullet arena um the interesting part about this trade though is that it 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 sounds like it could have just be a precursor to open up some more cap space for another trade uh when we get back we'll tell you a couple trades that are in the hopper that might have hit some snags but still could go through because there's what Three of them right now that are still reported with some pretty big names, uh, including one in L.A. with probably the biggest name of them all. So we'll tell you about uh, those trades in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. It's our pals at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for green checks. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com, let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On Least podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast here. You can find us wherever you get your pods at, also up on YouTube. We appreciate uh, all of our everydayers who are subscribed and join us. And if you're new and you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to stay locked in on what's going on, not only NHL, but With the Toronto Maple Leafs, make sure you are subscribed. Hit the little notification bell as well to be notified when we drop new episodes each day. Um, So there's a few other trades that have been reported that are kind of in the hopper. Uh, A couple that have hit some snags. But why don't we start the one that we kind of teased there, just stemming off of the Sean Dursey conversation. How it seems as though it could be a precursor to a much bigger deal, clearing out some cap space here with Dursey. The name Pierre-Luc Dubois is being heavily linked to the LA Kings. What uh, what have you been seeing there, Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we know that Dubois has given the Jets an ultimatum here that he's not going to resign. So trade me now and trade me to a place where I might potentially sign long term and you'll get something back in, in, in exchange. So... We heard a lot about Montreal and because he's a Quebec native. He'll, he would like to go back home. But then uh, not too long ago, I was listening to 32 Thoughts and Ellie Freeman brought up the LA Kings as a team that would be aggressive to go after Dubois. And it seems like, and there's um, the Athletic, I'm I, the name is escaping me right now. He's right. He writes for the Jets for the Athletic. Um, says that pretty much the, You know, they really are pushing for a deal to get done between the Kings and the Jets. And uh, sorry, it's Murat at Murat. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, He's saying basically uh, the Kings are looking at the deal. The thing about this trade, though, is the Kings are going to want some sort of idea of what that contract would look like. So first off, the Jets have to give permission, which I don't think they
0: technically nothing could be signed until July 1st either, right? Yeah. It's like similar to the Austin Matthews and William Nylander situation yeah. where, yeah, you could probably get a, a you know, a, a desk deal done where it's tucked away and you can sign it July 1st. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it, it would be beneficial for the LA Kings and the Jets because you'll get a lot more for Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. if this comes as a signing trade as opposed to just, you know, just a flat out trade for a rental here. Um, you could probably, you know, get picks and prospects. Like, could they be willing to put, um, you know, like a Quinton Byfield into this deal to get a Pierre-Luc Dubois? I mean, you look at what this trade would do for the Kings. Man, that that might be one of... Dude, this could be the best one-two-three punch down the middle in the NHL. Anj Kopitar, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and then you got Phil Deneau as your third-line center. Like, that's... Can you really find a a better trio in the NHL? That's going to be so tough to play against, not only in the offensive zone, but all three of those guys are also pretty reliable defensively as well.
1: Well, that's the thing they're all, you know, they're all responsible centermen. Dubois seems he's been turning the corner, right? Like he flirted with 30 goals uh, the last season with Winnipeg. We know that he's a, big dude can, you know, it's tough to tough to play against. So yeah, I mean, for LA, it's, it'd be a murder's row of, of centers there. Right. Uh, especially if they are able to keep Quinn Byfield, if they don't trade him in that deal, that's someone that can grow into that center role. But
0: yeah, yeah. they've got so many prospects that oh, they yeah. could trade. Like they've got an abundance of prospects there. They've done it. Well, they've done it right. They've drafted, they've developed some guys. Um, and they've also been able to retain some of their players as well. And now they got a pretty good thing going, right? A really good thing going with the LA Kings. I think, you know, they, they've been a team that has really been able to retool pretty darn quickly. They even got Alex Turcotte too, who was another top five pick who just hasn't quite turned out. Both he and Byfield at this point haven't been anywhere near what they were expected to become uh, both of which expected to become, you know, bonafide top six centermen in the NHL, and neither have been able to establish themselves of that. So, could one of those two players be involved in this deal for Pierre Luc Dubois? Give them a change of scenery and, and head to Winnipeg, uh, which would also give Winnipeg, you know, play young players with a lot of control. Similarly to what's going on in Arizona, there's not a whole lot of uh, attractiveness about. Signing in Winnipeg, either. So if you can get some young players and they go through a bit of a retool rebuild, um, you know, those would be some two guys I'd be asking about, and I'd be starting if I were the Kings. Gabe Villardi, another player. If I was the Jets, I'd be asking yeah. on. So one of those three I would assume would have to be the centerpiece coming back in any Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, along with you know, picks and and maybe some other some other little goodies as well. Um, so we'll see that that. Trade seems to be picking up some steam, according to some insiders. Uh, could end up coming to fruition. We're recording right now. It's about 5 o'clock on Sunday. Maybe it, it goes through by the time you're listening to this. But uh, it, that would be a terrific pickup for the Kings. And just the start of what I think will end up being a teardown for uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Speaking of teardowns, the Philadelphia Flyers have also been... Very busy. Danny Breer is working the phones like he's Kyle Dubas on the draft floor. Man's got two phones like he's Kevin Gates. It's insane. The uh, things that he has kind of percolating right now. So the big one that was interesting, uh, let me know if you've got more information on this one or if you want to explain the the holdup with the St. Louis Blues trade. I I think you've been reading up on it a little bit.
1: So basically the blues are looking to land Kevin Hayes from the, from the flyers. And apparently Travis Sanheim might also be included in that deal too. Obviously those are pretty, two pretty significant pieces coming from Philadelphia. I think Hayes has another few years left at just over $7 million. So the thing is
0: signed at six and a half, like two years ago.
1: Yeah. So like, those are some big, big numbers there for St. Louis. Yeah, they've got some cap space, but they also need to move out some contracts. And that's apparently the, where the issue in the trade is. Uh, I think both uh, Pierre LeBron and Ellie Freeman both re- uh, reported that Tory Krug had, was asked to waive his no-trade clause because that's the player that Breer was uh, targeting and that the Blues wanted to, wanted to move away. And he's saying basically he's not willing to move it, to waive his no-trade clause again this is the issue when you give players like a no trade clause because if you want to trade them down the road they got every right to say no and so yeah. I think Krug has three years sorry yeah three four years left at seven at six and a half million dollars a year so like that's significant money you'd have like you're trying to move out there and you know he's dealt with some injury issues but still a a, a decent offensive defenseman not exactly young so I'm not sure what the flyers motivation was this feels
0: like a cap dump for st louis they're like we need to move salary to bring these guys in so you have to take Mm -hmm. on some salary we're willing to dump you tory krug and maybe you can rehabilitate him or try and find another taker for krug and get another asset that way which Still, I think, is what Breer is trying to do. The latest I saw was Breer is trying to find you know, a third team that Krug might be interested in going to so they can still make that big blockbuster deal with Kevin Hayes and Travis Sanheim. Um, but if they can't make that work and Krug wants to stick around in St. Louis, I believe the Kevin Hayes trade will still go down. It just won't be as big. Sanheim won't be included. But it, Hayes should still end up in St. Louis when all is said and done. Um, but then I saw a report mm-hmm. speaking of Travis Sandheim, if that trade does not happen, that, uh, apparently a few teams have now kicked tires on Sandheim. So it's not just St. Louis. Who's interested in bringing him in a few teams. One of which, according to David Pagnotta is our own Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you make of that report of the Leafs kicking tires on old Travis Sandheim?
1: I mean, we we know that the Leafs have been trying to fi- find a way to improve their blue line. I didn't think that Travis Sanheim would be the target per se, just because you know, you, you I know he's got a little bit more size to him. Um, like he he's he's been a a decent defensive defenseman. Like he's not someone that that moves the needle offensively in in in, in many ways, but like he's he's an interesting player. I just at that price of like, I I would hope, I don't know if that's a, that's a deal where Philly takes back salary, which I can't see because that contract just started. So he's making 6.25. Like that, that to me is a lot for Travis Sanheim.
0: I agree. I I would want no part of this. If I am the Maple Leafs, I kind of cringed when I read that the Leafs were kicking tires on Sanheim. Like if you're willing to spend $6 million on a defenseman, I wouldn't be will I wouldn't be going shopping at that for Travis Sanheim. That's for darn sure. That's not where I'd be wanting to go there. Um, Would they be willing to retain some salary? I mean, if you could get them at fifty percent retained, then okay. Now we're now we're talking. But I don't that that'd be a lot. Like there's a lot of years. That's eight
1: years of retention. Like I don't. And the and the Flyers probably don't even have that many retention slots. Like you only get three.
0: Yeah, they already use it on Provorov. I, I'd be curious to see if this Kevin Hayes deal has any retention involved in it. That's a pretty yeah. big ticket uh, to to go to St. Louis if Krug's not coming back. Yeah, we'll see. That that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I, I I really hope that the Leafs do not go in on Travis Sanheim. There's a long list of defensemen who I think are are cheaper options that could be just as good uh, as Travis Sanheim would be and and not be. Tied to this guy for eight years no. at a very high cap hit, so I, I really hope we don't wake up in the next couple of days and learn that the Leafs have sprung for Sanheim at full pop. That would uh, that would not be the best first trade for mm-hmm. Brad Trilliving. Sleepy Brad, as we're now calling him, because everyone else apparently is making all these moves and Brad Trilliving just sitting there in the weeds making nothing. Nothing happened. I guess he's calling though, up court to Pagnata. He did kick some tires on Sanheim and uh, also Hannafin, which we kind of expected to happen, but that was part of Pegnada's report. I am curious though, Dave, like do you believe that maybe tree living was, is a little behind on the trade market? And, you know, I look at that Johansson trade a little bit and, and think like, where was, where was tree living on that one? Where you look at it, and you're just thinking to yourself he's had so much to do since he became mm-hmm. general manager he had to fly out to Arizona he was worried about meeting with the with with Matthews meeting with Keith and then he finally last week you know sat down they had their pro scout meetings and then they're getting into the amateur scouts with the draft coming up like to you do you think maybe you know, for them not being as uh, active in this little flurry of trades that's going on right now, could that potentially be as a result of him being a little behind the ball because he was hired late and there was just so much to get to that maybe he was just, you know, not making as many phone calls as maybe Kyle would have been able to do if he would have known the team. Like, I don't know. You, you get where I'm kind of going here?
1: Yeah, I'm – uh I think there's probably some truth to that because yeah, he has to get his staff. He probably has to do his his scouting meetings to figure out targets too. They're not just going to run in and and make those deals right away.
0: Well, and, and, and he's trying to evaluate his own team as well exactly. at the same time. So like, he's not even done his own internal evaluation. He's not he's not ready to make trades. Is is kind of where I'm going at. Where Kyle, yeah. if he was still the GM, he would know exactly what's going on. He would have the vision of what he wants to do. What didn't work last year, what they need for next season, and maybe he could have been involved in some of these discussions.
1: Yeah, I I think the it's a tough situation for Brad to come in and just be like, all right, now let's go and make some trades. Like it's not usually how all those work out, right? And like you gotta be careful with all these really? flurry of deals going on, like the Sandheim thing. Like the Flyers are just trying to unload and they're probably trying to tell teams you can get this guy at pennies on the dollar. But then you look at the contract, and you're just like, "Well, now we know why it's pennies on the dollar because it's a terrible contract, and that's a long commitment you're gonna make." So, like, you gotta be very, you gotta be very careful when you're navigating these things. Like, if you're making a deal for someone with one or two years left, that's a little easier to do. But, like, I I can guarantee, like, that's probably why the St. Louis deal fell apart because you know St. Louis's take would be taking on two guys who make a pretty penny, and it's not a you know, a one year thing. It's a multi year commitment that they're making. So you just got I, I think that's probably what you're living is at. And like I don't think he's spending all of his time on Austin Matthews. I don't think he's spending all of his time on Willie Neilander. I think they're just there's a lot to do and he was hired what are you going on a couple weeks now? Two,
0: yeah. Weeks? Yeah it's been three weeks or so. When was it I mean, yeah it was like early June when he was hired, I believe.
1: Yeah, so like you got you got to think that he's he's gotten somewhat established, right? Like of what he wants to do. I I just think uh, you know, maybe there's a target out there that he's waiting to do, he's waiting to uh, figure out that maybe that team's not ready to make that deal yet or they're waiting for, you know, usually when certain deals go down, other teams eventually start making their own moves cuz they're waiting for the market to kind of dictate where things are going.
0: Well, actually, to go back to what you just said, kind of clicked something in my head to go back to the Pierre-Luc Dubois thing, if that trade goes down, that takes out what was believed to be a strong suitor in the Austin Matthews sweepstakes if he did become a free agent next year, which actually might work out better for Toronto. If Pierre-Luc Dubois does sign, he's like, all right, well, I guess I probably won't be going to the Kings. Might as well sign with Toronto. I just thought about that. That could be a, a a benefit for the Maple Leafs if they sign, trade, and sign Pierre Luc Dubois long term. But hey, maybe that takes them out of running. It's not
1: L.A. we got to worry about here, Mike. It's it's the maybe we'll be in Arizona Coyotes. You gotta, oh
0: oh, the Mullet Arena yotes. Yeah, That's, yeah, one of the the teams there. Oh okay okay yeah, I'm not particularly worried about uh, a five thousand seat arena either. That can't even sell out. Not worried about that team at all. New York, maybe, but ultimately I I still see, I mean, I still think that Matthews is going to sign here in Toronto. Is it going to be for eight years? That I do not know. Probably not. It it wouldn't benefit him to sign an eight-year deal. It would be beneficial for him to sign more of a three-, four-, five-year term, which I could see happening. But ultimately, I do see him signing here in toronto i I think that's yeah all signs are kind of pointing to that happening will it be on july 1 specifically probably not it seems a little uh unlikely at this point but will they sign eventually i I think it's gonna happen i I do knee is the the interesting one here and Mm -hmm. as we're talking about trades and whatnot and what happens are they willing to throw Nylander into those trade discussions if he's unwilling to to sign a contract early into the summer and you know before you get to training camp? You got to, you got to know what's going on with him in the future. I, I would think you don't want another Goudreau situation where you let you know this player walk to free agency. So uh, it should be a very interesting you know couple of days here in the NHL. This is where this is where everything happens right around the draft, free agency. This is how teams reshape their, their their futures and reshape what they're doing for next season. So it uh, should be a, a fun, busy time. I You know what? Why don't we save the the draft stuff for tomorrow's show, Dave? Because I think we're already getting a little, almost at a half hour here, and I've got a lot of notes. So I think we could probably make it a full draft special maybe for tomorrow's show. So why don't mm-hmm. we kind of just leave it there? Um, let us know in the comment section down below, though, you know, what, 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 is there a player out there that you're hoping, just praying, hoping that uh, that Brad Trillivant gets into the sweepstakes for and strikes a deal uh, and makes his first big trade as least general manager? Let us know the names that you're kind of looking into in the comment section down below. All right, buddy. Uh, good stuff. Fun stuff. It's silly season. Everything's going wacko. We'll uh, reconvene here tomorrow and do a little bit more draft talk with the draft coming up this week as well. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Can't Follow Dave at D underscore Morasudi. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. Go ahead smash that like button if you're here watching. On YouTube, also leave a comment for us down below your thoughts on today's show. And uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. We're we'll getting to some draft discussion. My top five draft targets for the Maple Leafs that pick 28. Will they even make that selection? We'll also debate the merit of that tomorrow as well. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.